0: This is Reginald Kuakaru, founder of Kemetic Centered Living. In this video series, I'm going to break down the esoteric meaning of some of the familiar biblical symbolism that we know as historical. It's not meant to be a debate about the historicity of Jesus or the Bible. It's an entry point for those of you who are beginning to grasp that there is more to spirituality than what you are taught as a Christian and recognizing that you are gods and goddesses in training. The original information that became part of the Bible was passed along in the oral traditions on the continent of ancient Africa for thousands of years and evolved into the mystery schools of ancient Egypt. The information in the books of the Bible was never intended to be written down. It was a break in ancient African oral traditions. What we have in the Bible is secret knowledge that was esoterically coded for the eyes and ears of initiates to hear and see in ancient mystery plays. The myths, metaphors, allegories, and many components of these stories represented ancient African knowledge of metaphysical formulas and universal laws in a rich symbolic language that began with the meterneter or hieroglyphs as most of us know them today. With that said, the Bible becomes more valuable to us as metaphor and allegory than any historical narrative. That's part of what you'll see as we go along in this series. This is not in any way meant to be exhaustive. The symbols, allegories, myths, and metaphors in the Bible are a fringe aspect of the original comedic knowledge and information. Now, this is not meant to be an insult, but you can think of the Bible as more like cliff notes for elementary school. But more importantly, this knowledge is a basic entry point for you to learn skills and processes to help you tap into the universal laws so that you can master them with application and practice. This knowledge is only the tip of the iceberg to deeper knowledge that you can learn and use so that you can live life unapologetically, authentically, and on your terms. Let's get started. Now, I know that most people believe that Jesus was a historical person. I completely understand, and I'm not here to debate that. I simply have different beliefs based on knowledge that I've acquired over many years of research and study. I'm presenting to you some of that research in this series. Now, this video is going to take me giving you a little background setup. So give me a couple of minutes of your time to give you a foundation to where I'm going with this, because very few have connected this information in this way before. But it'll make so much sense once I connect the dots for you. So let's get going. From my knowledge and research into the Kemetic spiritual system, the story of Jesus is esoterically about the journey of the soul while transitioning into, through, and out of physical life. Jesus is the personification of the ancient concept of Christ, the revealer of the light of wisdom within all of humanity. The miracles like walking on water, turning water into wine, healing the blind, and bringing the dead to life are personifications of esoteric concepts. I've connected the esoteric dots to some of these concepts in this video series. The knowledge that became part of the Bible was meant to give initiates being trained in the Egyptian mystery systems information about their individual journey and that of humanity. Even today we explore the aspects of what the ancients were expressing in the Jesus story, except we don't worship it. Believe it or not, one aspect of the Jesus story is about the personal development of a personality or ego. In modern times, we've compartmentalized our study of personality types to the field of psychology. Within psychology, we determine patterns of behavior. Some psychologists connected to Carl Jung call the personality types archetypes. An archetype is a common pattern of behavior that a society and culture recognizes. We're all familiar with archetypes. For example, if I said someone is a geek, you would immediately have a certain type of person come to mind. If I said someone was a real warrior, you'd have an idea about the person's personality without me ever having to say anything more. If I said she's a hovering mother type, you would know what type of mother she is. If I said he's a bully, you would know the type of personality that individual has. A geek, a warrior, a hovering mother, and a bully are all personality archetypes. These same concepts within the ancient times were discussed and analyzed. They simply had a different language in which to talk about these ideas and they connected them holistically with mind, body, and soul. Jesus and his twelve disciples were on one level addressing the personality but on other levels, helping you explore the idea of using universal laws and common sense. Today we call the ancient concepts using faith or praying or getting therapy. But they are all processes the ancient Africans used to manifest their desires, create their reality, and help them along their life journey. So what I want to do here is to show you the esoteric archetypal meaning of a couple of the disciples and the main individual they all revolve around, which is the individual soul that is gaining wisdom through reconciling these archetypes throughout a lifetime. Again, we know this character or personified soul in the Bible as Jesus. I know many of you will take it as a personal attack when I say Jesus didn't exist historically. Many Christians believe that I'm invalidating their personal experience of Jesus. I want to say I'm not in any way dismissing what you experienced. I know it's real just from my own personal experience. However, I learned over time that I was taught to name that very real inner experience in the context of my childhood religion of Christianity. Just like many of you, I knew nothing else and was told why it was happening and what to call it. There was no other option to be considered while I was Christian. So understand my perspective is that Jesus is not historical, but the experience of Christ is unique and real. The Christos is an ancient archetype. It was a universal pattern that ancient sages recognized and named. It was a specific experience that's possible within every man, woman, and child on the planet. Oftentimes, experiences that are the most intimate to us as individuals are paradoxically the most universal to us all. Christ is one of those paradoxical experiences. Jesus in its original allegorical form can have practical meaning for those that choose to understand the comedic science and symbolic meaning of the Christ. So what is a Christ? On one level, a Christ is a person that has evolved to a level of knowing and connected to experiencing their God self. One way this might happen in our everyday life is when we go through emotional storms. The archetype of going through the storm of life was represented in the biblical miracle of Jesus walking on the water. It's presented symbolically and through allegory. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 through 32, the miracle of Jesus is recounted. It talks about it being windy and possibly storming. The disciples were afraid and witnessed Jesus walking on the water. The disciple Peter even began walking on the water until he began to sink. Jesus had to rescue him. Jesus got into the boat with the disciples and everything calmed down. This story is expressing what we call the archetypal pattern of a victim. The storm of life was happening and the disciples or personality aspects were crying out for someone to save them from the storm. Peter at one point began to believe that he could handle the storm and begin walking on the water or shall we say rising above his emotions until something, maybe a negative friend, shook him. And he lost his faith. When Jesus admonished Peter for not having faith, it was to teach us that we do have the power to overcome our storms. We simply must have the belief and expectant faith that we can do it. When we're connected to our God self, we can rise above the emotional turmoil or the raging sea and walk through the storm. You don't drown in your own emotions. You rise above them and walk calmly through the storm. Now that's a quick synopsis of what the story was meant to convey through the knowledge of archetypes. There's still more esoteric knowledge to pull from almost every line of scripture in the passage. The difference in understanding the science and believing in the miracle will be monumental for your life. Instead of looking to Jesus in the storm of life, you rise to recognize that you must calm yourself in order to get through the storm. A quote from one of the books not allowed in the Bible, the Gospel of Philip, redefines what Christian is. He recommends that instead of being called a Christian, that a person with this deeper knowledge should be given the title of Christ. Many of the apocryphal writings tell us the true meaning of Christ. That's why the church did not allow them into their version of the Bible. You'll become empowered when you operate through the archetype of the Christ self. That doesn't mean the storms won't continue, but it does mean that you can learn to rise above them. Historically, Jesus is mentioned as having 12 followers or disciples. Esoterically, on a psychological level, the twelve disciples represent different archetypes within our personalities as we journey through life. Looking at the story esoterically, Peter was an aspect of a personality that was reaching out to his higher self and did not trust himself to know. The Christ self is the revealer of inner wisdom. We all have an ego personality we have to work through in different situations in our life. I want to be sure to say that the ego is not a negative aspect of ourselves that we need to subdue. It just performs its job within our physical reality. It has the ability to look outside and then turn back inward. It fears annihilation. The ancient Egyptians symbolized the ego as a donkey or ass. Remember Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey? This symbolized a Christ riding into the mythical city of evolved consciousness and control of their ego. In other videos, I've talked about how Christianity negatively programs us through the doctrines of original sin and total depravity. I've talked about how we affirm the negative ideas of being born a sinner and a wretch that falls short of the glory of God. Those negative affirmations can bring forward one of our disciples that we would archetypally classify as the saboteur. A saboteur would be an aspect of our personality that deliberately and oftentimes subconsciously obstructs or destroys our progress in areas of our lives. The saboteur within us will talk us out of going for our dreams, or going after that dream job, or doing the things that people might tell us are impossible from their perspective. A modern day example of a saboteur will be Killmonger in the movie The Black Panther. Yes, on some level he was the anti-hero, but he subverted the plans of the Black Panther. The saboteur subverts your plans. One of the times the saboteur comes up is when you're stepping out of your comfort zone and doing something that's putting yourself out there. Maybe you're ready to quit your job after you finish your life coach training, but you're afraid to begin marketing yourself. You think to yourself, what will people think about me? Will they laugh at me? Will I be able to get anyone to pay for my services? What makes me so special that anyone would even listen to me? Every day that you get the courage to step up, that saboteur starts to run its program. Why? Because you have to tell people how good you are. That runs into the Christian psychological program of pride comes before the fall. In other words, other people can brag about you, but for you to highlight what's special about yourself to others is being prideful and immodest. Doing this foretells of the possibility of something negative happening to you in your life. In my culture, humble people just don't say nice things about themselves. But that belief works against you if you're going to be in business for yourself. You have to tell anyone why they should be in business with you over your competitor. No one wants to do business with someone that speaks doubtful or seems to lack confidence in their ability to solve your problem. Yet, I know there are so many of you out there with gifts that can help others and you're afraid to assert yourself confidently. This is one of the major problems I see in black communities all over the world. There are many intelligent people who will spend years buying books, taking classes and working to improve themselves but are afraid to step into their greatness because they've been brainwashed to speak doubt into themselves through religious beliefs about being prideful and remaining humble. It's not all your fault. If this is you, understand the foundation of that hesitant mindset. The average person would not analyze why the saboteur pops up. But it's time for you to rewire your mind and learn how to think about what you're thinking and where those negative, self-defeating beliefs come from. Maybe it's from a family that is religiously grounded. Maybe it's cultural. Either way, you sabotage yourself. And our community suffer because you hide your brilliance. In the Jesus story, the saboteur was represented by Judas. Just like Killmonger was willing to sabotage the Black Panther, Judas sabotaged Jesus by betraying him to the Romans with a kiss. All of the disciples represented astrological archetypes or sun signs. Judas was the sign of Scorpio. How can you know he was the sign of Scorpio? You know it by the way he betrayed Jesus. A scorpion sting is said to resemble lips. You would have to know something about scorpions to understand the veiled esoteric reference to the sign of scorpion and even why he would kiss the S-U-N or son of God. Again, all deeper knowledge than what we were taught as history. So the disciples on a psychological level represent different aspects of the human personality that the Osiris aspect or intermediate soul must help the human ego to navigate. It would do this by helping you connect to your God self or higher Ka as the ancient Egyptians would call it. So now you have an esoteric understanding of another aspect of the Jesus story. It would be incorrect to try and fit the different aspects of the mythology and allegories into one neat interpretational package. That's because there can be so many layers to being human. The symbolic language was originally built to allow for the different layers. That's one reason there are parables in the Bible. You're to look deeper into yourself and grasp this knowledge so that you can apply it, not worship it. Again, this is not to invalidate any Christian's inner experiences or anyone that has believed in Jesus. It's to give you a tool to look further into and help you process life to elevate to your own Christ. Understand that so much of this knowledge is coming from a different paradigm than what we were taught as Christians. If you try to view it from the christian paradigm of literal and historical what i'm speaking on here will make very little sense to you but this is what i want you to understand the power to do anything in your life resides within you not a savior that's what the ancients were teaching that's what i'm bringing back to life for you now why should you even want to learn this stuff because when you truly grasp this knowledge you'll know that it'll help you unlearn the old negative programming. And at the same time, you learn as a god and goddess in training how to create on this plane of existence. This knowledge was intended to be life hacks, not idols of worship. It goes way beyond trying to be holy, righteous, and not trying to mess up. It's about how you can create and live life boldly, Authentically, unapologetically, and on your terms. Thank you for watching. Please subscribe, like, and share with anyone that will be consciously elevated and vibrationally uplifted by this.